Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome back to another riveting episode of Unnatural. Riveting would be a good word for this one, Emily, because we're heading to upstate New York as we'll dive into one of the most bizarre missing person cases in recent memory. The wilderness is a very spooky place. Yeah, over, <laughs> yeah, over 1,600 people in the U.S. have gone missing in forests and national parks, never to be seen or heard from again. Mm-mm. Some of those stories almost border on the paranormal, and this tale can almost assuredly be considered among them. Tom Messick was your typical outdoorsman. He loved to hunt and fish, and he had been enjoying doing both for most of his 82 years on the planet. Tom may have been getting up there in years, but his body was still allowing him to do what he loved, so he took advantage of it as often as he could. Wow. So he was in his 80s and still just like... Yeah, going outside. Flapping around in the wilderness. Fishing and hunting, and he was in pretty good health. (laughs) But when he vanished in the woods without a trace on one November afternoon, it sent his family, friends, law enforcement, and even the federal government down a rabbit hole to find answers of his disappearance. This is the story of Tom Messick, the man who vanished into thin air. Messick was a former army paratrooper who lived his life for his family and the outdoors. He loved hunting so much, Emily, that he even taught a hunting and survival class to many of the kids in the area. Hmm. And he lived, as we mentioned, in upstate New York. It was a town called Troy, just outside of the state capital of Albany, with his wife and three sons. On November 15th, Tom and six others, including his sons, and also his lifelong friend of 55 years, Sid, decide, yeah, they had been buddies forever. They worked together at the same plant, and they went hunting hundreds of times together, even took their families on trips together. Cute. Um, They decided to go to a new spot for deer hunting. The place was called the Lake George Wilderness Area. And I looked into this. It's a huge reserve that sprawls over 70,000 acres in the Adirondack Mountains. Wow. The group decided to hunt in the area next to a place called Lily Pond. And the only access to this area was by car. And it was a dirt road that really takes you into the interior of the forest. Not a whole lot of people go back to that area. And they arrived at their destination in the early afternoon, around noon or so, and only planned to spend a few hours there hunting deer, and then we're going to go back to their campsite. On one side of the pond went the younger guys, Tom's sons and one of their buddies, along with uh, Sid's son. Mm -hmm. And the plan was for the younger guys to kind of startle the deer. Oh, and push them. Out of that part of the forest and push them towards the older guys so that that's where they would Mm -hmm. be waiting, Tom and his buddies. 
that's what they did on many other occasions, and that's what a lot of deer hunters do. Now, the four older gentlemen, they uh, spread out about 100 yards from each other on the road. And what they did was they were all on the road, spread apart, and walked each walked about 40 yards in at the same time. And they then confirmed with each other on their walkie-talkies where they were, if they were sitting on a stump, if they were sitting you know, on a rock, something like that. So they were being very careful. Mm-hmm. Um, they had done this many times before. Right. And Tom chose to sit on a rock and quietly wait. He had on him a rifle, a pair of binoculars, his walkie-talkie, and a little snack. Ah, little snacky snack. I know. For, for me, just for a few hours, it'd be a big snack, I'm guessing. <laughs> but Tom was in pretty good shape for a guy's age, as we mentioned. Uh, but he did have hearing aids, and he was partially blind in one eye. And that was due to a gunpowder accident years before, when he was in his 20s. Oh, yeah. He uh, one of uh, the rounds of his gun went off and he had to have 150 stitches in his hand. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then it also left him partially blind in one eye. No. So here he is. He's sitting on his stump and just kind of waiting for the deer to come. Mm-hmm. About an hour into the hunt, Tom's friend Sid heard a strange noise. It was a noise he later described to authorities as something he had never heard in his life before. It was almost unexplainable. You know, when you hear a noise that you're not familiar with, you're like, what the hell is that? Mm -hmm. But if he had to describe it, he said that it almost sounded like a gigantic trap closing. Interesting. Apparently though. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, Apparently it wasn't alarming enough though to call off the hunt or to even break the radio silence to check on his friends. Mm -hmm. Because when you're hunting, obviously you have the walkie talkies, but you don't want to make too much noise. Right. So he didn't say anything. Kind of like more of a use use only in case of emergencies. Exactly. So that was definitely odd, but not necessarily a cause for concern. Yeah. He did later say that that noise came from uh, Tom's general vicinity, Mm -hmm. but maybe closer to the top of a nearby hill than the rock that Tom was last seen sitting on. So around 3 p.m., the group gets their walkie-talkies out. They talk to each other. They decide that they're going to call it a day. Mm -hmm. They weren't having any luck with the deer, and they said they would meet back onto that dirt road and then head back to their campsite. The only problem was Tom never showed up. He never answered his walkie-talkie. He wasn't sitting on the rock where they left him. Mm -hmm. He didn't respond when the group fired multiple rounds of gunshots in the air. Tom Messick had vanished. Did they find his stuff? Nothing. None of his stuff. Not a trace to be found. Well, there's so many strange things that happen pertaining to this case. and What year was this again? This is in 2015. Okay. 
And one of the strange things is that everyone said that there was no way that Tom would have moved from the rock he was sitting on until the hunt was over. Emily, he was one of these guys that was very by the book. You know people like this. And they always do the same thing every time. They do it the same way. And Tom Mm -hmm. was one of them. Um, Well, and his family and friends know him a a hell of a lot better than we Right. And Ever could. his best buddy, Sid, who had been hunting with Tom hundreds of times over the decades. Yeah. And he said that Tom never got up from where he originally was standing or sitting, not even once. And even his wife would later say that Tom wouldn't have moved from that spot without notifying somebody, whether it was getting on the walkie talkie or whatever. Yeah. Like when you're hunting, you need, especially when you're hunting in a group like yeah you're probably wearing your blaze orange but you you don't want to get shot yeah you don't want to be moving around when other people are sitting out there with guns trying to shoot something it's not safe Mm -mm. and tom knew that he was a smart guy yeah as the rest of the group continued to search the area for tom one of the guys headed down to the ranger station a few miles down the road to notify them of a missing hunter Mm mm-hmm That's when Tom's wife was also called. And even though they told her that there was really nothing to worry about at that time because they were very confident that they were going to find him. Yeah. She still decided to drive her car up to the area. Mm -hmm. I would too. Fuck. Right? And plus, remember, it's about to get dark outside. Mm -hmm. And you want to try and find him before it gets dark. Well, after it got dark, the three older guys, they went back to their campsite. And the younger guys stayed in the truck on the dirt road all night and they were honking their horn all night shouting firing shots into the darkness to no avail the next day hundreds of rangers local law enforcement and volunteers began to show up and they started searching the area comprehensively Mm -hmm. and this search i mean i was researching it it was extensive and meticulous i mean every inch of the ground appeared to be accounted for and they even um put pieces of string up where they were searching in these grids to to grid it off and remember where they had searched and so they they looked everywhere uh, and a group would walk a section side by side vertically then walked the same section side by side horizontally before they marked it off. So they were prepared. They covered every inch of the area in which Tom's hunting party had been and even went outside of the area a bit to a certain extent. Now, remember, Tom was elderly. He was partially blind and had a hearing problems. So it's unlikely that he could have gotten much farther than that. Right. And one weird thing that I heard about when I was researching this, Emily, the local sheriff of the area mentioned that uh, during the first day of the search, they all got out there and there was no noise coming from the woods. You know how when you go out into the forest or the woods, you'll hear something. You hear birds, you hear squirrels, wildlife, something. Yeah, there's a light breeze and you hear the leaves moving. Right. It was just complete nothingness. I mean, just complete silence. That is ominous. 
That's very rare for something like that to happen, Mm -hmm. um, to have the woods completely devoid of life like that. Something just seemed a little off with that. So I thought I'd bring that to your attention too. So the search team was very thorough. One day they had over 300 people there. They had canine units, helicopters, you name it, was canvassing the area. They even had teams searching the side of roadways because they thought maybe he had been hit by a car and the driver had fled or something, but still nothing. And remember, they're on a very remote road. Right. So four days into the search, another weird thing, the FBI shows up Hmm. unannounced. And you know why this is unusual? Because... The FBI does not investigate missing adults like ever unless there's suspicion of foul play. Yeah. It's just not part of their protocol. And mm. some of those in the search party, they kind of felt that they had some ulterior motives going on. I smell a government conspiracy. Right? <laughs> Maybe they knew something that the rest of the search party didn't know. Something like that. The local sheriff had said that not once had the FBI ever helped in a search for a missing person. It was almost like the X-Files gang was there Mm -hmm. or something. The men in black. Right. They even interviewed Tom's wife, Beverly, and basically told her. Yeah. And they basically told her, this is what she said in a documentary that I watched, that from the evidence that they gathered, something wasn't right with this case. Mm -hmm. That you know, this wasn't just something that was normal in our everyday world, but unless they recovered Tom's body, they couldn't be sure as to what it was. It was almost like they had some ideas as to what it could be, but were very tight lipped about it Mm -hmm. and didn't want to divulge any of that to Beverly. And that's just super weird. Yeah. Super weird to me. It just feels like something's going on. So, The feds do their analysis. Uh, They send their reports back to FBI headquarters in Virginia. And not much is heard from this case again. The formal search party wrapped up a few days later and Tom's family was left with many unanswered questions. In the nearly seven years since his disappearance took place, Tom's family and friends have sometimes sporadically gone out into the wooded area just to see if they could maybe find something. Mm-hmm. And to this day, no trace of Tom Messick has ever been found. That's so wild. And like, did they not find any tracks? Like, they didn't find his stuff, but like, they didn't no. find any like footprints or. No, they, they saw the footprints leading up to where he sat at the rock. Yeah. And, but that's it. And then nothing. And Tom's son was with the hunting party, and he was also the lead person in the search party. It seemed like they had a very close relationship, Rob. Yeah. And Rob was quoted as saying, quote, I'd like to know what happened out there that day. I don't think we ever will, though. Even if we find him, I don't think we'll ever really know. But something odd happened out there. Yeah. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. But there, Emily, there is another strange occurrence that I haven't told you about that happens. I don't know if I can handle sa- any more strange, Andy, because <laughs> this is already like, what the fuck? Right? Well, this is going to be another what the fuck. So, 
another person went missing in that area just 10 days after Tom did. Like same thing? Yeah, the similarities are pretty striking. His name was Fred Drum, and he was also an avid hunter and an outdoorsman. Mm -hmm. He was 68 years old, and he lived around 40 miles south of where Tom went missing near another heavily wooded area in upstate New York. He also seemed to completely just disappear off the map. His wife went into town that morning, and when she came home later that day, Fred was gone. His car was still in the driveway. All of his belongings were accounted for, but he was just poof, gone. Mm -hmm. And just as in the case of Tom Messick, helicopters and canines were used and even some of the search party volunteers that had looked for Tom joined up in the search for Fred Drum. And I'm not saying the two cases are related, but it is quite a coincidence that two elderly men vanished into thin air in the same region just a few days apart from one another. Just uh, kind of gives you that eerie feeling. Yeah. And on the anniversary of Tom's disappearance, I'm not sure if this happens every year, but I know it's happened numerous times. The family goes out to the last known location of Tom in the woods there and hangs a cross of flowers on a nearby tree just to honor him and to remember him. I think it's, you know, it's sweet and it's sad. And after researching this case, I became slightly obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And I, I did a deep dive on Reddit and, Mm. uh, Reddit's you, so fun sometimes, especially when it's like weird, like paranormal conspiracy, conspiracy theory yeah. stuff. Yeah. Are you ready for a few of these? Oh, God, I'm these so theories? ready. Okay. Uh, first one, it seems fairly obvious, an animal attack. But this theory is one of the easiest to debunk. Why do you think that would be easy to debunk? There's no animal tracks. There's no mm-hmm. blood. His st- like the animal wouldn't have run off with his gun and all of his stuff too. Yeah, animals don't know how to cover up their tracks. Animals don't know how to be discreet when killing someone. Right. Um, so <laughs> if it was like a large predator, like a bear or a mountain lion, had gotten him, his clothes would have been ripped to shreds and strewn across the ground. Um, yeah, you probably would have heard him screaming. Yeah, they would or have growling or something. Well, they would have found his rifle. They would have found yeah. his walkie-talkie, and it would have been pretty easy evidence to find. You you would imagine. Um, so I would say that that one is pretty unlikely. Another theory, and I had never even thought of this, Emily. Reddit user AJBB33 posted this on the forum. He says, and I quote, I apologize if this theory has been talked about, but what if Tom fell into a sinkhole? In September 2013, a Marine in Missouri fell to his death through a sinkhole while hunting. What if the ground collapsing was the strange noise that Sid heard that day? Water running underground can cause erosion, resulting in a sinkhole. Just what if he fell through and nobody found the sinkhole? Mm-hmm. What are the chances that after it collapsed and he fell through, earth and debris covered the hole, and that's why nobody found it? 
Just some thoughts. End yeah. quote. Like if he got up to like go to the bathroom or something and he walked a few feet away. Yeah. And then boom, he fell into this sinkhole or yeah. some others have theorized maybe an abandoned well or a septic tank system or something. Mm hmm. Um, so I would say that's much more credible than the animal theory. Uh, yeah. It still has some, it it causes some doubt in my mind because, yeah. again, they cover that area pretty extensively. And if there was a sinkhole, I feel like they would have found some sort of evidence of it. Right. And of course, we get to what maybe we've all been thinking of. Aliens. I'm not saying it was aliens. But it was aliens. But it was aliens. <laughs> How that could have happened, obviously, we don't know. This is all speculation. Was he beamed up in a UFO? Who knows? Or maybe was it something else paranormal, not necessarily aliens? What's that? What's the what's that thing where like there's some sort of like mythical creature that can that looks like like a human or an animal or like a tree like it can kind of shapes shape shift, but like. Like a chupacabra or no i think i think it is called a, a skinwalker yeah that sounds right maybe it was a skinwalker yeah maybe the maybe the rock he was sitting on was the skinwalker and it just swallowed him whole yeah closed and that was the big noise who knows mm -hmm. it it does have a paranormal feeling. It, you know what it reminded me of? Have you ever watched that show Stranger Things? Yes. It, maybe he it, got like, maybe he went to the upside down. Yeah, maybe he got sucked into the upside down or something. So hopefully Eleven can find him in season four, which I'm highly anticipating. Or, you know, one of the other theories that's not as exciting. Maybe he just fell down somewhere and died of natural causes. Or maybe he had a heart attack or a stroke. It still doesn't explain why the search party, the canines, and no one could find evidence of yeah. it, though. Like, maybe maybe he, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he could have just gotten up and started walking, but, you know, he was hearing and sight impaired. And he got, he was, maybe he got delirious or something. Yeah, and he didn't have enough snacks knows? with him, so he started walking and he was going the wrong way and. But the fact that seven years later and not one trace of evidence, the gun was never yeah. found. I don't know. There have been some other wacky theories that, oh, one of the hunting party killed him and then covered it up. No. But there's just no way that any of that took. They were all friends. And I mean, not to say just, that your friend can't or won't kill you, but I feel like that is. No, that no. Is highly unlikely. It, that would be a really bold move for one of them too and and then other people have said well because his case was connected with the other elderly man it's a elderly man serial killer which i don't know if there's ever been an elderly man serial killer before um but basically we just don't know yeah we still don't know all these years later i feel like there's there is something funky going on in the in the wilderness of North America and the US and Canada mm -hmm. that it's hard to explain but people just go missing and you never hear from them again and who knows maybe we'll never know what happened to Tom Messick or any of these other people but it's certainly intriguing and 
it definitely gives you the creeps a bit, especially if you're somebody like myself. I like to go hiking mm -hmm. and I like to go alone mm -hmm. in the forest sometimes and clear Andy, my you're head. you're going to get got. And yeah, maybe I will get got, but it'd be a hell of an ending. That's for sure. Although nobody else would know. But if I did get beamed up by a UFO, I'd be like, yes. Figure out a way to send me a sign at least so I know. I would... I would take a selfie and hit send real quick and you'd be like, what the fuck is he doing? And then like a few days later, you'd be like, oh my God, Andy's missing. And I had the last selfie he ever sent. <laughs> so there you go. The uh, story of the vanishing of Tom Messick. I said that I said that it was unusual because typically, you know, we cover some sort of true crime related thing, but we also like to delve into the supernatural a little, little bit and who knows the thing is is it's up in the air this could have been the supernatural is unnatural it is and this could this could be true crime related we just don't know it could be paranormal we, we have no idea i mean if if he got abducted by aliens that's still kidnapping which means that's still <laughs> illegal and the aliens and they, deserve to be arrested yeah they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law they because be. they never brought him back. They, I don't know if they just... And how many other people have they abducted? Right. That's yeah. serial. Come on. It's bullshit, aliens. If you're listening, I just want to let you know... Give him back. You should give him back. On that note, if you have any theories or ideas as to maybe where Tom Messick went, or if you've ever had any weird experiences when you were out alone in the woods, let us know on our socials. You can do that on Twitter, Unnatural the Pod, Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. We have a Facebook page, Unnatural, a true crime podcast. You can tell us your stories through a Gmail, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. Also, consider signing up for our Patreon page where you get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus content, and more. That is patreon.com slash unnaturalthepod. And as always, be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, share us with your friends. We will talk to you next week when we talk about another crime that I haven't decided on oh. what to do yet. So well, you'll have to wait until next week to find out. Well, can't you just tell me? Or no, because I don't know. <laughs> All right. That's fine. All right. I... I, I wanted to do this one, but then I I scrapped it because I listened to another podcast about it. That was and I was just like, I don't really want to do this one, I guess. On that note, make good choices. And don't get got. Talk to you next week. See ya. I was like that uh, last week. I fully intended and started making the notes on a uh, Nazi serial killer. Um, yeah. But the names were just so... I, I knew that I was just going to butcher so much of it that I just decided to put it on the shelf. But it is intriguing. Yeah. A Nazi serial killer. Yeah. I was a serial killer wanna... this morning when I ate some cereal. Two bowls. I didn't eat
So there's so many strange things that happened pertaining to, to this case, as we'll find out. And one of them... Um, oh, my God. What? What? I just freaked myself out. Why? Okay, look. You see that? Yeah. I just, like, glanced... And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Is that like a spot on your mirror? Or? No, it's it's the reflection. So oh, okay. I thought it was like a spot. Ref- it's the reflection of my door, <clears throat> yeah. but I have a black robe hanging on the back oh, of my door. Okay. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. Um, so we're talking about spooky shit, and Emily just spooked herself out. I know. Probably because you're wondering what the hell happened to Tom Messick. I am wondering what the hell happened to Tom Messick. 